Hey folks, this is Jesse Cope, back with another episode of the American Soul Podcast. Hope y'all are doing well, wherever y'all are, whatever part of the day you're in, whatever you're doing. Thank you for giving me a little bit of your time while y'all ride to work or get ready for work or do laundry or dishes or mow the yard or whatever it is that you're doing. Conference period, lunch break, I appreciate it. I will try to use the time wisely and hopefully give you a little bit of benefit and our country as well. Gonna take one of our little walks down the road. You can hear the guineas are not impressed today. Don't know who else is going to come out, but they certainly are. I made mention the other day of onions and garlic and this and that. I guess I'll try and good grief. We're going to have to walk the other direction. Tell you all a little bit of that stuff every once in a while. Uh, there was something else, and I can't remember. I think we I mentioned the potatoes already. Oh, I learned a little interesting. We have some sunflowers, threw some seeds out last year, and I just they volunteered and came up, and I've left them alone. And they're just covered up this year in lightning bugs. And some of you all may know that connection. I never did. I thought it was kind of interesting. So we have have a decent crop of lightning bugs as the weather skips straight from winter into the dark heart of summer. The temperatures are astronomical, at least where we are for this part of the year. So we're going to, as we take this little walk, we're going to go back and talk a little bit briefly about it's from this uh, Churchill biography that I've pulled so much from lately. It's a really good book, folks, if you're into that kind of thing. I've recommended it before. I'll recommend it again. It's by Manchester. It's a three-volume set. The vast majority of what I've pulled over the last couple months has been from the second book in the trilogy for a reason. Uh, it's called Alone because Churchill has kind of been ostracized at this point and really had no friends politically. I pull from this because it shows 1930s Germany and Britain. And we have two really good, sadly, very tragically, counterparts today in America. So in a lot of ways, we're going to talk about this a little bit, read a little bit from that biography, and then, and then look at some of the things that we see today in modern America. The modern American left... Uh, goes along, parries, mirrors, I guess is really the best word. In some ways, 1930s Germans, the average German citizen, a lot. And the modern conservative movement, in a lot of ways, mirrors 1930s Britons, British, the average British citizen. And and so one of these ways, and we're going to read through this little clip and then talk about a few things that we see today. And we've talked about, I think recently, other examples like LGBTQ uh, and the just the sexual immorality that went on in Germany in the 30s. And and so we'll we'll talk about some of the things. But so often today what you see is demands from the left in America. And and you you saw that from Hitler in the 1930s, and I'll read a little bit in just a second. 
And then so often on the quote unquote right or the conservative side, you see indifference. Uh, just kind of like this malaise or whatever you call it, just this glazed over, just kind of, well, it, that can't really be happening or I don't really care. I've got my own problems to deal with, et cetera, et cetera. This, this just lukewarm attitude. So I'm going to kind of skip around here, but Germany at this point, so this is early to mid-30s. It kind of jumps toward the end a little bit. It kind of skips around here, but, but the 30s, the heart of the 30s, Germany was building up armaments in direct violation to the Versailles Treaty that ended World War One, and and there really just was no response from Britain. The coalition, talking about the Allies, was marching to the beat of a different drum. Offending the Germans, the foreign secretary argued, would be disastrous. He and the prime minister were determined to return from Switzerland with Germany's signature on a disarmament treaty. And if there was too high a price to pay, no one sitting around the table mentioned it. So they were trying to get Germany to agree to this disarmament. And Germany was kind of playing along. But in the background, they were continuing to stockpile uh, everything they could get their hands on. The Central Department, I think this is kind of like their intelligence, had learned that the Nazis were working for an army of offensive strength. In two years, so this was in 1934, in two years, they expect to have 1,000 warplanes ready for combat. The threat was not imminent. They would, quote, have to be mad to try any games in the immediate future, end quote. However, he wrote, by 1938, we shall be faced by a very, very much stronger Germany. The Central Department had acquired a transcript of a long conversation between Hitler and Admiral Eric Reeder, dated June, and ending. The Fuhrer demands complete secrecy on the construction of the U-boats. By November 19, 1934, the counselor's anxiety had further increased. Hitler now led an army of 300,000 men, and its ranks were growing every day. The Kaiser's general staff, outlawed at Versailles, was back in power. Since Hitler took over, Wingram, who was the department's head for the Central Department, so the guy pulling in a lot of these reports pointed out that the army had stopped, the German army had stopped publishing its annual list of officers. Otherwise, their swollen roles would betray their rapid expansion. Wingram recommended that the British government begin the immediate stockpiling of strategic materials. My wife and eldest coming down the driveway, a little dust. <clears throat> Always the danger of walking up and down a dirt road, I suppose. Strategic materials and industrial retooling for armaments. Manufacture. Soon, the Reich's military establishment would be strong enough to defy enforcement of Versailles by the Allies. This, he predicted, would be revealed by the Germans themselves. Before their might was great enough to wage an aggressive war, Hitler would be demanding this and that showing off his army to blackmail other European powers. 
The Nazis, the counselor's report predicted, would become increasingly arrogant and defiantly aggressive. Instead of emitting protests and airing grievances, Germany will make demands and assert rights. That's a huge quote I'm going to come back to in just a second, folks. He would turn his attention to the absorption of Austria and the penetration of Central Europe. Wingham's recommendations came at the end of this minute. If Britain accepted Nazi military might as a fate accompli, France would be alienated. Once the Western democracy's front was broken, no other combination of continental nations would dare resist the Fuhrer. Therefore, he proposed that Whitehall and the Quai d'Orsay, I think that's like French control or intelligence or something, or their, I don't know, their military, arraign the Reich before the League of Nations, charging it with violations of Versailles. This strategy, he suggested, would give us an opportunity for informing the public opinion clearly of the nature of German rearmament. So warned, the Belgians and the Dutch would, in Wingram's judgment, join the anti-Nazi alliance. Read today, this yellowing document reveals a sagacity and vision seldom matched in Britain's archives. Yet after its submission to the foreign secretary, the prime minister, and the rest of the cabinet, it was returned with comments which, would only, which can only be interpreted as hostile or, at best, indifferent. And then this one little last thing, and then I'm going to talk about a few things. Although ill-served by ministers who refused to recognize the truth, the British public, enjoying a free press, was aware of some of the more flagrant abuses of the Third Reich. So you see this just indifference on the part of many of the leaders in England during the middle of the 1930s. They get all these reports. The army's building up. Hitler's doing exactly what the Treaty of Versailles said he shouldn't be able to do. Time and time and time again, folks. I mean, these, these weren't just one-offs. This was consistently. And they made excuses and turned a blind eye and said, well, if we can just, if we'll just appease him, if we'll just play nice, right? Well, and, and there were elections during this time period, but who continued to vote for these people that, that were indifferent? Well, the citizens did. And, and you see that in America Day today on the conservative side. We have for decades voted for people who would say one thing before they get into office and then do a completely different thing, and yet we continue to vote for them. And then on the, on the other side, on, on the German side, on the left side in America today, they supported Hitler. They supported this buildup of this war machine and these, and these demands. They were going to turn like... Manchester said here, the author said here, it's, it's not going to be a list of grievances and, and protests, emitting protests. This is going to turn into Germany will make demands and assert rights. And what do we see today from the left? Well, they, they demand, right? We're in the middle of it. You can see it right now. It's, it's in the news quite often. They demand that we allow men to participate in women's sports and share women's locker rooms and share women's bathrooms. This isn't a matter of protests or grievances. This is, you know, these are rights, according to them. They demand that a woman have the right to slaughter her own baby. They demand that. They don't ask for it since Roe v. Wade. They demand it, which was a just evil, horrific decision, right? And so I wanted to, and I already started to, <laughs> accidentally jumped in a little bit. 
what do we see? We see feminism from half a century ago that has led to homosexuality, which was removed as a mental illness that we've talked about before in the 70s. And then that homosexuality now has led to the trans gender movement and what we just talked about. These again and again, the left isn't asking for, they're demanding more and more aggressively. These are our rights. You have to accept this way. And not only do you have to accept us this way, you have to teach your children. You have to put this in society that these are rights, that men can be women that you can be gay and that's okay, that it's not a mental illness and you have to teach everybody that. And if you say anything against it, so the threat with Germany was military at this point or getting there, right? But it wasn't how it started, folks. It started with the silencing of individual German citizens, particularly their um, academics and others. Early in the 20s and early 30s, they started silencing these people. And they would beat them in the streets, right? And you see this. You, you saw, ironically, you saw the, whatever, Jesse Smollett or whatever the guy's name, the actor up there, pretended to be beaten up by, by people that supported Trump, President Trump, so that he could claim that, that it was a racial attack uh, and, and, a, and a bigoted attack for, for being gay as well, right? And so you see this increase in violence. In that case, they were, they were, it was a complete staged event. But, but it didn't start off as military might in Germany. It started off kind of where we're at now with this, with this silencing of anybody that dared tell the truth and stand up against Hitler and his stormtroopers and anybody now that dares to stand up. Look at what happens if somebody comes out and says that it's not okay for transgender athletes for men to compete as women where it's not okay for, although you're starting to see a little turn in the tide on this one, it's not okay for a woman to murder her own child. Or being homosexual is not a healthy, or the LGBTQ, throw in the whole alphabet there, it's not healthy for children, for adults either for that matter, but just for children, right? So it's got to start somewhere, folks, and it's not going to start straight off with huge military control. Although you can make some arguments about the state of our police today, too. So what, what else do you get? You get affirmative action, right, that has led to critical race theory. So you get this idea that if we judge students based upon race and socioeconomic background instead of actual merit and abilities, and that leads to all the accommodations that you see in schools today, which now, by the way, translates to colleges. So you go to college and you've got this accommodation listed where you can get extra time, even though all the other students only get two hours on a test, you can get three hours, but you're gonna pay the same amount for tuition and you're gonna get the same diploma, right? All of this stuff springs from that bigotry because you're gonna base people on race or, or gender or ethnicity instead of what's best for the unit and merit, actions. Uh, you get abortion, which was always sold as it needed to be. I think I think the quote used to be rare, safe, and legal, right? Well, now what is it? Well, it's abortion on demand. Anybody can get abortion anywhere. And you see in culture, these companies supporting it. Starbucks just came out a week or two ago and has, and of course, what's the number of, of Starbucks employees that are this are going to fall into? So a lot of this is just uh, smoke and mirrors. But the point is still that they came out and said, 
we will pay for any employee to fly to any state that offers abortion if they live and work in a Starbucks state that that denies abortion, right? So they've gone ahead and said, we're going to work the system however we can. We're standing up for the ability. Uh, and I think they also did gender reassignment surgery or something like that. I can't remember the other one. Y'all can check me on that, folks. Y'all do. And I appreciate the comments that I get from y'all when I make a mistake or when you think there's something that I'm not aware of. Uh, education, lengthening the day. Uh, we just went over Dewey last podcast yesterday. We talked about this, folks, and here it is again. We we take students away from God and away from mom and dad more and more and more. We lengthen the school day. We lengthen the school year. It's playing right into the communist leftist playbook. And 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 what's the deal now? They make it so hard, right? They've convinced us that we have to be a two-income society, which our fault, we bought into it. Feminism, again, the women have to work outside of the home or they're just not worth anything, right? You have to go and chase your dreams because it's the way that you feel is most important. It's not important to serve anymore. It's not important to put your husband first and your children first and, and reverse that, folks. We have men also fatherless homes, right? It's not important to put your wife first and your children first. You need to put you first. You need to put you first because what you feel like, you know, you go the transgender, the way you feel, that's what's most important, not science and facts. Illegal immigration, uh, everything from Reagan amnesty, right? They convinced Reagan, well, if you just do it this time, we'll never let any more in. Well, what do we have now? We have open borders and we have illegals even voting in some states. Uh, so you have criminals breaking our law coming into the United States and then they get to vote. Right. And, and, and what do you what happens if you try and stand up against this? Oh, you're you're a xenophobe. You're bigoted in some form or fashion. You want to kill all immigrants. You're a, even if you're even if you are not white, somehow they still manage to find a way to call you racist and oppressive. It's shocking. Right. Like if you're a woman. That, that does decide to put their husband and their children first, somehow you're sexist. I, I still haven't figured this one out. And then the biggest one, folks, always, always goes back to 1947 and separation of church and state because everything else flows from that. And so where did we go? We go from Washington's inaugural address where he talked, and so many others, folks. I'm just picking on Washington right now, but Lincoln talked about it. Uh, FDR talked about it uh, on the D-Day address that we did recently, I think, uh, but certainly others. We've just been numerous examples where they said, our leaders said, we need to acknowledge God. Well, if you're going to acknowledge God, the list of things I just went through, you can't support those things. There's no way to follow, acknowledge God and follow the teachings of Christ when he says, care for little children and support murdering children. There's no way to follow the commands of marriage being between a man and a woman and sex being between a man and a woman and then support the LGBTQ movement. There's no way to support uh, not only God, which is where our founding came from, but the Declaration of Independence saying that all men are created equal and support the bigotry of critical race theory and affirmative action. It just it doesn't work. It can't work. Right. So. Tie this all in together quickly because I'm running up on the window again, as always. The, the, you know, the Germans supported Hitler at one point. Now, he got control 
And at that point, it was really hard to get out of, but they still supported it. The British turned a blind eye, and, and many other countries did too, to what he was doing. How much different is that, folks, really today than the left starting to demand things that, that we know is evil and supporting things that we know are evil? And people that claim to be conservative are on the right being lukewarm about it. Well, I don't want to talk about that. It's too hard. I'd rather watch sports or be on Instagram or do whatever else it is that I want to do. Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok. I'd rather, you know, just go listen to music somewhere quietly or something. Just because we ignore a situation, folks, doesn't mean it's going to go away or suddenly somehow get better. It's like having cancer and thinking that if you just sit there long enough, it'll get better on its own. All right. I took way too long. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you all for indulging me. I, I really, I promise, I'm watching the clock. I don't know what happens. It just goes away. Uh, hopefully, you all enjoy some of these little tidbits enough that it doesn't seem like it's forever and a day. God bless you all. God bless your families. God bless America. We'll talk to you all again real soon. Looking forward to it.